Hello, welcome to Smash Hit Sports. I'm your host, Cody. We had, and th this is not, this is an exaggeration. This is just purely factual based statement right here. We had one of the greatest college football Saturdays in the last decade. And I am incredibly lucky to have Harrison Vatnick on to talk about it. He is currently a sports reporter for KOMU News and an assistant sports director for the KCOU Sports at Mizzou. He is one of the smartest football minds that I am friends with. And I am incredibly, incredibly excited to have him on. Harry, how you doing, man? How was your Saturday? It was... I think you said it perfectly. One of the best college football Saturdays that I can ever remember. And I'm glad to be on your great show and your great platform here at Smash It Sports. And you know, it's been a fun time talking college football. You're one of my favorite people to talk about this great sport with. It, the You mentioned like the great sport. This is, it's the beauty of college football. We got to watch a entire fan base, a hundred thousand plus people lose their minds Saturday night in Knoxville. We watched them carry a, I don't, I don't know what the dimensions of a goalpost are in football, but they got him out of the stadium into the river. The, the, the cigars were burning. The, the beers were flowing. Knoxville looked like a party and we have to start there because you can't start anywhere else on this incredible college football recap. Tennessee 52, Alabama 49. Was this the best college football game we've seen in the last five years? Last five years. So that goes back to like 2017. Like obviously that Bama LSU game's up there, but like that game didn't really necessarily have the drama. Like it wasn't like Bama never had the ball back in a one score game really in the entire fourth quarter. Like this was just like ping pong back and forth, Tennessee throwing strikes with Hooker and then Bryce Young answering right back. We had the Dallas Turner fumble. And then the fourth down, P.I., no P.I. It had everything you want for in a college football game. Then, obviously, Bama misses a big a kick like they do in every big game in my lifetime. And Tennessee makes a big kick. But I don't even know by like a yard it goes in uh, from Chase McGrath. So, yeah, it was one of the best games that I can ever remember just watching. And it's going to be one of those games I go back and rewatch for years and years. And just to refill the emotions. Because, like, this is something I said on my show, like, you're not, you're not that much older than me. You're probably, what, early 20-ish? Yeah, 26. Yeah, so Tennessee hasn't been really good in your life. No. Maybe they won in 98. You must have been. Like, yeah, I was three. Point. Sick. <laughs> I don't think you have much memory of that. Tennessee hasn't been good in either of our lives. They're a cool, fun program. Like, you just think of Tennessee. You think of Rocky Top, the cigars. Like, it's a cool program. And they've never been good in my lifetime. They had a couple of years, like 2016. They started, like, 5-0 and and a couple other years between that. You know, they were kind of competitive, but never like this. And to finally see them, like, have this moment and have that game and that win is just something they needed so badly. And it's just so good for college football to finally see it, like, at that stadium with that atmosphere. That program needed that win so badly to get on the map. I'm not a huge believer in, you know, they're going to be program-changing wins. I think they're kind of rare. Penn State in 2016 beating Ohio State is a good example of that. This got Tennessee on the map as a national contender. And I don't know how long this is going to last on for, but it, just to see them have that moment and to get that win is just so special and what makes this sport so fantastic. Yeah, it, it, just an unbelievable game to start to finish. The, the When Alabama went to kick that long field goal, I was, I was like, and I think I tweeted it too, I was like, Nick Saban kicking a long field goal in a rivalry game. Um Interesting to see him go with this decision once again, which it was the right call. I mean, you got to yeah. kick the field goal there. Fourth down, it is what it is. But it brought me back to the kick six, and I, I, I just couldn't help but be like, fifteen seconds left. Like, I don't, I don't think Tennessee can get it done in regulation. Like, that's, it, it's going to take nothing short of tremendous play by Hennon Hooker and those wide receivers, and we got it. And then McGrath and the field goal. And I don't know if it was tipped or if it was just a just shitty kicked football. But for it to squeak over the uprights looking like an absolute knuckleball was insane. Yeah. It's it's something. It, it, it adds to like the unique moment of that game. It's just the, the wobbly knuckleball kick that barely escapes the upright. And 
I don't think it'd be as memorable if it was just perfect end over end. It was only gonna be memorable if it was that, or if it deflected off one upright and went in, or bounced off the yeah, crossbar, like Justin Tucker did last year. Like it was only to be memorable for that reason. That's another reason. Uh, Chase McGrath, who I think kicked the game winning field goal against Texas when he was with USC, like five years ago or something like that, back in 2017. So he's got a couple of big kicks to his name. And Tennessee, I had them number two in my rankings this week. I think the AP poll had them at number three, which is probably pretty fair, but. It's fun, and they have, you know, they're only halfway through the season, and they've already knocked off Bama. They crushed LSU the week before, and I think things are looking up in Knoxville. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the, the landscape of college football after we, we recap the games a little bit because I think we learned a lot this week about several teams in the top 10. Um, I do want to give a shout-out to Jalen Hyatt. Six catches, 207 Legend. yards, five touchdowns, an all-time performance. Like, an all-time High-level performance at the highest stage. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, is there anything else you have on this game outside of just the pure pandemonium? I just Is Hendon Hooker going to win the Heisman? Is this going to be like his Johnny football moment, his Joe Burrow moment? Like, you beat Alabama, you got this legendary game, and you win the Heisman? Because, you know, I, I think C.J. Stroud of Ohio State is probably the most deserving Heisman candidate right now. He's been spectacular this year. But, like... You love the narratives, and I always compare the Heisman race to like kind of a relay race where it's like you're passing the baton from one person to another. Like right now, CJ Stroud passing the baton over to Hendon Hooker, and then maybe he'll pass it on to someone else at some point. But right now, I, I think Hendon Hooker is sprinting down the corner of that baton right now, and he, he could win the Heisman. He's obviously got to keep up. Maybe if Tennessee wins the SEC, it'll be his. Uh, it'd be a lot of fun if he, if a Tennessee quarterback won the Heisman. I think yeah, the first one I... since Peyton didn't win it, did he? No, no, Payton didn't win the oh. Heisman. That was Charles Woodson. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Honestly, it, it's what, what's crazy is I think Hendon Hooker is absolutely in that conversation. I would put Hendon Hooker up there with CJ Stroud, and I think Caleb Williams are yeah. my top great. three. And then Bryce Young is is up there as well. And his performance against Tennessee, he's not the reason they lost that football game. No. The, not at all. The, I think I think I saw this is the most points an Alabama defense has given up since like 1917 or 1907, yeah. something like that. Just an absolutely insane the, – Tennessee, you played a damn near perfect football game. But the I, – I was stunned. I, I like Hendon Hooker. I like Hendon Hooker a lot. I don't think I would put him at one. I I still think I would put Stroud ahead of him, and then For Hooker now, and then Williams. Fair. But yeah, it, the problem is, is Stroud doesn't have a Heisman moment yet. Ohio State hasn't played anybody yeah. coming off a bye week. Like they they just haven't they haven't done the thing yet. Now they'll have the chance because they get to play Penn State and they'll get to play Michigan. Um, but if Hendon Hooker can do. Not obviously expecting this kind of performance against Georgia would be, you know, this might be a once in a lifetime performance. It but. would seal it. If he, if he did this against Georgia, not, not necessarily 400 yards, five touchdowns, whatever. If he beats the defending national champions on the road in that elite defense, give him the yep. Heisman. Don't even play the rest of the season. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. Beginning of November also, so throw some ways away. Oh, I agree. I can't wait. Um, the, the SEC is setting up to be so, so interesting. Yeah. I, I just, it just means more. It just means just more. Means more. Uh, we got to move on to another top 10 conference mashup, Michigan 41, Penn state 17, a thorough ass kicking by Michigan. This game, I don't think it was as close as the final score shows it to be. And the final score wasn't that close. You, no. Michigan dominated this game from start to finish. Yeah, and, and it was pretty ugly for Penn State from the jump, as you just mentioned. They had two touchdowns. One of them came off like a 70-yard run from Sean Clifford where Michigan's defense was completely caught asleep. And then they had this weird deflected pick six that was off a defender's helmet and that Penn State took back the other way. Um, I think it was by uh, Jacobs that scored the touchdown for Penn State to go take the lead, and then they never led for the rest of the game. And so. What Michigan does on the ground is is so dangerous, and they're like almost a better version of what they did last year because they have a more dynamic quarterback in J.J. McCarthy who's a bit of a step up from Caden McNamara. Yep. Donovan Edwards and Blake Corm is as good of a running back duo in college football that I can remember as of late, since like maybe Josh Jacobs and Damian Harris with the same backfield of Alabama uh, a few years back. But 
I would like to see Michigan be a better passing team. I know they don't need, they don't necessarily need to do, but I think if they want to win the championship, they're gonna have to be uh, a better passing unit. Uh, but this is it's a good team, and Penn State was exposed this week. Uh, we thought they were a better running team. We thought they were better stopping the run, and they could do neither of those on Saturday. So that, that's that's another case of Penn State just not living up to the moment. That that's what was insane to me is this defense is their strength was their ability to stop the run. They came into this game allowing less than 400 yards rushing, and they gave up 400 yards rushing to Michigan themselves. And I don't know if it's a testament to Penn State just Penn stating this or if Michigan is actually that good. And I think part of it is Michigan's offensive line. I don't think there's a question that they are the best in the country. They maul people. It's... It, they've made, and obviously Blake Corum's a great running back, but he has, I swear it's like four or five yards before anybody even has a chance to touch him. It's really been a work of art by that Michigan offensive line. It's, it's incredible, but Michigan's schedule the rest of the way out. Very much meh, very meh between now and Ohio state. Do you think we will get the chance to see an undefeated Michigan team go down to an undefeated Ohio State game in the shoe to play for what is essentially the Big Ten championship? It won't be, but it is. I think I'd be shocked if it wasn't, Cody. Like, who's Michigan going to lose to on the schedule? Like, are they going to get stumble? Like, the one game, actually, I will say, and this is going to be a bit of a, a surprising one. The one game I think they could slip on their schedule before is their next game at home against Michigan State. It's off a bye. There, it's, I know it's at, I know it's at Michigan Stadium. I was really high on Michigan State Stop. going into the year, and I, I was I was wrong about that. I was wrong on Michigan State going into this year. I thought they'd be better than Michigan. However, it's off a bye. I, people, everyone wants to talk about how bad Michigan State is, and it's been a disastrous year. People are already saying, "Oh, extending Mel Tucker was such a mistake. Last year was such a fluke." Blah blah blah. Michigan State's got to buy two, and they they hear the noise. Sparty hears the noise, and you know no one wants to talk about Michigan State's like seven and four in the last eleven games against Michigan. This I'm not picking this upset, but how Michigan would it be if you're top four in the country, you just crushed Penn State, you've crushed everybody this year, and you lay an egg at home against Michigan State? This game's gonna mean so much to Sparty. I I'll say yeah, they're both gonna be undefeated, but I I'm. Watch out for Sparty in a couple weeks. And then Ohio State's and they're the best team in the country in my mind that, right now. Michigan's I said before be, the year they'd win every game by double digits, and they're following suit with it. That's true. That's true. They've looked incredible. Michigan State is – they've got to be, what, 17-point dogs to Michigan? I'll, I'll probably At, take Michigan State plus the points. Michigan State's 3-4 and four right now. They have wins against Wisconsin. They barely won that game. Graham Murphy was yeah. to. They, they beat Akron, they beat Western Michigan, they lost to Washington, Minnesota, Maryland, and Ohio State. Um, all of those by double digits. I just I I can't I just don't think Michigan State has the firepower this year. But I'm also I'm also a, a I just that's a I just Saturday night game this. also. Who? Who? Maybe. Maybe is it in the East Lansing? It's, or a, it at, it's the at the big house? it's at the big house. At the big house. <laughs> Michigan State's won there before. Yeah, they have. They have should be today's should actually, be a great today's the, actually game, the anniversary but... of that um of the Jalen Watts Jackson play. Today's like the the seven year anniversary of it. That's crazy. That's it that makes me feel old. One dude, no kidding. That that yeah. is a college football. I actually, oh shit, seven years ago I was in because I remember watching that in college. Now I feel old because I remember watching that at my fraternity house on the on the projector and just like going absolutely bananas. Just a, a, an unbelievable play. Yeah. Damn. That's oh, what a, <laughs> what a, that is a college football play that, that will go down. Yeah, I know. That was, in, that, that's top 10 all time. Yeah. The surrender. The, the Jim Harbaugh losing a big game. The Michigan surrender Cobra was just, it was art. It's art. Yeah, that it, is, it's still used as a meme. That's how <laughs> legendary that play is. If you have a meme go for like seven years and like people like can clearly identify it and the play and the game and the moment. That's when you know it's a legendary one. I I can't agree more. What a weird, what a weird world we live in in the uh, on the internet. But Crazy. Um, let let's get on to we got look. I I didn't even realize this. Just scrolling through my list, 
every conference had a big ass game this week. Just a yeah. big ass game. TCU 43, Oklahoma State 40, double overtime thriller. Does TCU have a shot? Do they have a shot? A shot they got a hell of a schedule. It, that schedule is a gauntlet for them. I I like the Froggies. I like TCU. I think they're they're a fun team. Duggan, it's a cool story because he wasn't supposed to start this year. It was supposed to be um, God, what's the kid's name? Um, Chandler Morris. He yeah. was supposed yeah. to be their starter, and they get Sonny Dykes from SMU, and no one was really expecting much from SMU this or from TCU this year. I I had them at I have my, my pamphlet somewhere on here. The manifesto. No, it's. Oh, it's like this, um, like my preseason folder in a middle envelope. I had TCU at seven and five. I did not see this coming. However, I think they're a cool, fun team. They Quinn Johnson. I saw you, Dude, you were tweeting about him the other day. You, he freak. is, he is a man amongst boys out there. Freak. He is going to be a first round pick in this year's draft. And they've won a lot of close games, especially the last couple weeks. On the road against Kansas. Double overtime against Oklahoma State. But I think they might slip up this week against Kansas State. Because I'm I'm a big Kansas State believer. And this this could be possibly a Big 12 championship preview. I know Texas is really good. I know um, there's a couple more other teams in the mix. I don't think Baylor's quite out of it yet, despite a couple conference losses. So still some things could happen. Uh, but this could be a, a Big 12 championship preview. We'll see what Adrian Martinez is capable of. He's been great this year in Deuce Vaughn. But TCU has probably been the most fun surprise of this college football season, not named Tennessee, obviously. Uh, and, you know, Oklahoma State, that was, that was a big loss for them. Yeah. I, I like this is a – you get one from Mike Gundy every year. Every you get year. one game from Mike Gundy every year that they just blow it at the end, and this happened to be it. It, it is what it is. Um, I still like Oklahoma State. I still think they are a good team. I just don't think they're a great team. I don't think we have a great team in the Big Twelve. I do. This, this is the this is what the Big Twelve is basically going to be forever. It's just these teams that are pretty good. They're going to beat up on each other, and they'll never have another playoff team because Lincoln Riley left the conference. Ooh, that's a bold take. That's the reason, not because Texas and OU were leaving. Well, no, no, Tech. Well. That's the other half of that because when Texas and OU leave, because Texas is obviously on the rise up and whatever Oklahoma is going to be, the Big Twelve. I guess if there's automatic qualifiers, technically the Big Twelve will have a team in the playoff. Oh, yeah, um, but it's just be teams being up on each other. We had it for the most part last year with uh, Baylor won it with a couple of losses, and this is probably the future of the conference unless one of these teams breaks out as a superpower. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, I'm, I'm glad to see TCU doing well. I, one of my favorite preseason bets was their over six and a half win total. Um, so I, I am feel, feel there aren't many okay. bets that I'm feeling like phenomenally about. I feel phenomenally about that one. Um, all but a sure thing, hopefully, but we'll see. Um, I do think Adrian Martinez when he plays well is so, so tough to defend. I, I was the only person that was laying the wood shop with him. I was like, Fighting for Adrian Martinez because I thought he was gonna have this breakout year uh, with better coaching and a better system. And I'm, he's the only quarterback in FBS that doesn't have an interception right now. That's an crazy statistic. Stat. That's it, especially with how he played in Nebraska. I would have never guessed that. Never guessed that. But I think a lot of it has to come down to play calling. Kansas State's play calling and how they're utilizing him in that offense has just looked so much more comfortable for him. Natural. It's it's looked so much more natural for Martinez in that offense yeah, than when he looked at Nebraska. It's smooth, and they they use him like I don't say in like Lamar Jackson role, but he's a he's a run first quarterback, and it, it's pretty to watch. And Deuce Vaughn, they're really utilizing him because it's hard to stop when you have an elite running quarterback and obviously an elite running back with Deuce Vaughn. They're a fun team. I think Chris Kleiman's going to be the Big Twelve Coach of the Year. I really hope they get to the Big Twelve Championship game in Dallas, and it's a huge one this week against TCU. I think they can win it. Oh yeah, should be a great game. That Kansas State, it kind they. I don't know how this minute, but Colin Klein. Do you remember Colin yeah. Klein, the quarterback? Opti Optimus Klein, 2012 yeah. high finalist. Dude. They were number one in the was, country. He was unbelievable. And he plays in a similar fashion to Adrian Martinez. Yeah. So it's cool to see him as the OC and this offense develop. It's it's just awesome to watch. And it's a storyline that's been one of my favorite things to, to kind of, I don't know, keep along with through the Big 12 here. The other thing is TCU's offensive coordinator is Garrett Riley. Um, 
the last name should sound familiar because it's Lincoln, Lincoln Riley's Riley, yeah. brother. How it, he's got to be, is he going to get a big time OC job or is he going to ju- make the jump and go straight to head coach? I think someone will hire him as their head coach. He's a name that's kind of been on my radar a little bit, but he's he's flipped a couple of spots. And he was with Coastal Carolina, I think, a couple of years ago, or one of those schools. Uh, he is he's good, and I I think that a team should take a flyer on him. It's everyone's talk about like that he's recycling head coaches, like he's re, like rehire Bill O'Brien, and yeah, like, I love Dan Mullen, but like the Dan Mullins and the I guess Scott Frost. And the Tom Hermans of the world, who are all like fine coaches, but they never really got over the top. Matt Rule. Just take, Matt Rule's, an, oh my God, if someone hires Matt Rule. I don't think Matt Rule is really necessarily a bad coach, but he I does mean, fit I, that criteria. He was great in college. Great, I'm going to be honest. He was great at Temple. He made Temple solid, Relevant. and he was great at Baylor. So somebody should take a chance with Riley. And it also goes the same thing with um, with Coach Prime over there at Jackson State. Uh, like, why, why are these. Like, the, the hiring cycles is just so repetitive and it's always just the same guys and no one ever goes anywhere. Like someone should take a risk, especially if you're like a lower school and you can't afford the, the Lincoln Riley's, or the Brian Kelly's or the Mario Cristobal's. It's like, if you're like Colorado, like what's stopping you from hiring, you know, this kid and see what you got. Yeah. Yeah. I, the problem is, is I think if, if you were Garrett Riley, I would much rather be like the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame than oh, yeah, well, the head coach. Might be, might be having some more changes than the offensive coordinator coming up. We're, we're gonna talk about it, okay? Leave me alone, okay? I, I put it. I, I really want to hear I your thoughts the, on this. I put it at the end because I am gonna get upset. So we gotta put it at the end of our recap <laughs> yeah, yeah. because God damn it, Notre Dame. Okay, Uh-oh. moving on. Pac-12, Utah forty-three, USC forty-two. What an incredible, incredible game! The the call the call for the two-point conversion beautiful or when you're when you're playing a team like lincoln riley's usc and caleb williams you go for the win you don't play for a tie you go for the win i love the call love the call what were you how did you feel about it as someone who picked utah to go to the playoff before the year that one might be dead someone who picked them to win the pac-12 championship that one's still alive and one who picked them to be usc was always hoping for it and they did it I love the two-point conversion call. Cam Rising has a great has great running ability. Ran for the touchdown. Oh, yeah. Ran for the two-point conversion. Won them the game. The defense got the one stop they needed to late in the, late in the game. Yeah, this it was a great call from Kyle Winningham, and they were playing for their fallen teammates. They were wearing their uh, their, yeah. their uh, looks like you, their face on their, their the helmet. Helmets. And it was, you can't it was lose awesome. That game in those helmets. And it, it was a great moment. And they knocked off USC and probably eliminated them from the college football playoff discussion for the time being. And so, obviously, very fun win for Utah. I think that the Pac-12 is so much fun because you got UCLA and Oregon and Utah and USC all fighting for two spots in the Pac-12 championship because there's no divisions anymore. And so, chaos is still going to happen. And Utah is right in the thick of it, even with one conference loss right now. Yeah, it it, an incredible game to cap off the college football slate for the like that. That was another great thing about this is we had. Noon kickoff, Penn State, Michigan. And then we had 3.30, Alabama, Tennessee. And then we had Clemson, Florida State in that like middle spot. I think they had a 7 o'clock kickoff. And then Utah, USC to end the night. Just a the, – the schedule gods, the TV execs who put this together, thank you because thank oh, you, yeah. it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah, Cam Rising had himself a hell of a game. I think I would, if I'm a team – that is not going to be drafting at the top of this quarterback class. The um, Bryce Young, C.J. Strouds, maybe Will Levis, although I don't think he's that good. Um, But I still think he's going to end up being picked in the first round. If I'm not picking one of those guys and I'm going to take a shot on a quarterback, I like Cam Rising. I think he can do a little bit of everything. His arm strength isn't miraculous, but he can throw an accurate football. Um, And I think that that can win you football games at the NFL level. Dalton Kincaid is a weapon. Beast. Weapon. Is a, what? Is it, what? How old is he? Is he, he's not draft eligible. I think this was, his, I think this is his third year last. Cause they had him and Keithy, but Keithy's out for the year. Yeah, that is right. And it, 
Because I know he's on that like list of tight ends that are making. Because Brock oh, yeah. Bowers he, he, is obviously he's eligible. He he's is a, eligible. He's a senior. Yeah. Ooh. Him and Michael Mayer highlight a really good tight end class. Um, obviously, everybody loves Brock Bowers um, at Georgia, but he's not eligible this year. Um, I think Darnell Washington's eligible. He's that's so, my guy. He's, he you, is. He's a sixth offensive lineman with the best hands on the team. He is a just a freak, a absolute freak. It was built in a athlete. lab. It, you don't that as a Notre Dame fan, it's just like why can't we get somebody like that? I mean, I guess hey, we have Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer. He's he's damn good. I would just like you know a, a receiver that that can catch a football. Um, I'm hey, gonna get off the of, receiver. Yeah, we're not talking about Notre Dame yet. We're <laughs> fuck. locked um, and loaded. <laughs> um, another, uh, we won't spend as much time on these, but, uh, Clemson 34, Florida state 28. I didn't watch a ton of this game, but I think Clemson actually, uh, I think they're finally in a rhythm and I think they're yeah. all but locked in, um, for a college football playoff spot because I don't think anybody in the ACC is really going to challenge them. Yeah. They, they got through the gauntlet of the schedule, which was the Florida state game, NC state, wake forest. They kind of escaped that part. They get Syracuse at home, but I don't think Syracuse yep. is all that great and definitely not a threat to Clemson. They get yep. Miami late in the year. They play Louisville at home. I, I think they're. Oh, they guess, I guess they go to Notre Dame, which I guess would which, be tricky because they lost a couple years ago. Uh, but I, don't it's, th- I, I think they will slaughter us. <laughs> um, definitely a good chance. Uh, but they they look to be in the clear. They're going to be the ACC champions, and then the undefeated ACC champions will probably make the playoff. Even though, with all the SEC chaos we're seeing right now, it looks like they're going to return to the playoff. I'm not ready to call them like. A serious contender, though, like I don't think they can win two straight playoff games. But if you're in the dance, you have a chance to win it. So uh, yeah, they're they're playing much better football, and Iowa was a bit wrong about them going into the year. I'll, I'll agree with you there. I was I was wrong about I was wrong about DJ more than anything. Yeah, no, that I, I, we knew this Clemson team was good. I was wrong about DJ. DJ's I thought we great, knew, and he's draft eligible. Maybe someone wants to take a chance on him. Yeah, I thought we were going to see Cade Klubnik by November, and okay. that dead wrong. Um, Next game, we talk about a team that you were right on. Um, LSU 45, Florida 35. We finally get the Jaden Daniels breakout game. 23 for 32, 349 yards, three touchdowns. Dude, LSU is finally starting to piece together. Uh, they're doing what Brian Kelly does. They're winning the games they should and then losing any game against the top 10 team. Well, they got a top ten team this week at home against Ole Miss, a game I think LSU will win. I said they'd go ten and two before the year, and I'm not saying I, I regret the I don't regret the pick, but man, if they beat Florida State week one, they'd be like, it would really be in play. I think oh, yeah. I had the, my best bet of the season was LSU over seven wins. At worst, we're getting a push, and I think I think they're gonna get to eight. They're five and two right now. They yep. when I was mapping it out after the Florida State game. I really basically needed a, a split with Tennessee and Florida, and we got that. They're going to go win at home against Ole Miss. They're going to beat A&M late in the year. They're going to get Bama test in a couple weeks also, but keep that under under wraps for now. That That's coming. They're, Bama, I wonder what the spread of that game is going to be because I think LSU has the receivers. That's what, that, we figured out that that's what you need. You need like really good receivers. Jaden Daniels is, had the best game of his life against Florida. Six touchdowns. Was playing near perfect football. Had the one pick, but it got called back as roughing the passer. And look, it was the right call. So, you know, I guess the interception never happened then. But Jaden didn't. Yeah. Then not an interception in my book, but Jaden Daniels played a fantastic game. They scored 45 points. They're getting better as the season goes on. I think LSU is going to be the mix. They're not going to win the SEC. They're probably not going to go to the SEC championship game, but I think they could pull off a couple more upsets this year against some big time schools. They can ruin somebody's year. They and can I think absolutely schools, ruin Ole Miss and Alabama. Year. Those are the two, the two teams. Ole Miss, Ole Miss is a fraudulent top 10 team. They are not a top 10 team. I'm not going that far with it. Uh, I think they're good, but they're, they're not like – They're not I, What did I say when they go before the year? I said they'd go – I think it was 9-3. and three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm fine with that. That's not a top 10 team. That's a yeah. good team. It's a good team. It's just not top 10. They I, just, I don't think they have a resume to say that they're – top 10 but oh, hey, right now, i don't know who who's jumping them right now though that's that's true we still got a lot of we still got a lot of football a lot left. of football we still got a lot of football left um the other highlight from this game that anthony richardson run was just stupid oh he's that he's gonna come back next year i don't think he's nfl ready yet but he's got 
the tools are there and he just needs to put it all together. I, I like Anthony Richard. They need to get him. A, I need to see what he could do with a, a caliber wide receiver because right now they don't really have one. Yeah. They've shorter. I, they have uh, Xavier Henderson. There's a bunch of average guys, but no one that's like, they don't, he doesn't have a, a Marvin Harrison jr. Doesn't have a, yeah. a Quinn Johnson. That doesn't have a, I don't know. Xavier worthy. He's just got, yep. He's yep. average SEC receivers. Yeah. So, dude, Savior Worthy's his speed is just unbelievable. Game changing. Talk, talk about a game that should not have been that close. Texas Iowa State was nope. ugly. Texas needs to figure it out because I've been saying that I've I, Texas was my pick to win the Big Twelve, and even after their loss to Texas Tech, I was like, look, Quinn Ewers was out. They still have a shot. They only have one conference loss. I still think they have a shot to win the Big Twelve. But holy shit, Texas, get it together. Yeah, I watched that entire game. That was. They, die, they were dying to give that game away to Iowa State. Uh, who was it? It was Xavier Hutchinson who dropped the, the long pass in the last the drive. The drop pass, the, yeah. And That's the difference fumble, in the ball game. The fumble that probably should have been targeting or even should have been down, but they gave the ball to Texas in controversial fashion. I was someone who picked Texas to win that game. I had the money line and a little bit of a parlay. And so I was following closely with Texas. They were able to escape Iowa State, but there there's flaws in that team. And there are people out there yeah. who want to say that Texas would be undefeated if Quinn Ewers was their quarterback and how they're going to win the Big 12, which I don't totally disagree with. I think Ewers is great, um, but this team isn't perfect. This team has its flaws, and I don't think they're going to run the table for the rest of the year in the Big 12. Uh, and look, that was Iowa State. We'll see how they look against you know Kansas State coming up and a couple other big games for, for UT. Yeah, and a tough one. The, they're the a huge, like a, a seven-point favorite on the road against Oklahoma State that weekend, or this weekend, yeah. which is pretty crazy. Yep, should be it should be another great football game. I actually have that on our um, list of games coming up. But um, let's talk about our teams real quick. You are a Miami fan. The U a tough tough season. Uh, Miami twenty, Virginia Tech fourteen. You might be the only person in the country who watched this game. How did it go? <laughs> I, I watched a little of it. Tyler Van Dyke played his best game of the season. He uh, hit a big deep ball to Rashard Smith that Miami really needed. They're getting better. Uh, they really needed that win off the back to back losses to North Carolina and MTSU. Um, they're going to get better as the season goes on. I think the expectations were set a little bit too high for them going into the year because not everyone is USC. where year one with your coach and everything, yeah. everything just clicks. Look, Texas won five games last year, and they lost at home to Kansas. It doesn't always happen in year one. This is where they're going to get up the kinks. You know, Still working on those training wheels. They're going to get better. I think they could finish, what are they, 3-3 three and three right now? They're probably going to go 7-5. Yeah. I wouldn't count out 8-4, and four, but they just need to show – some consistency and improvement and I'm not overly worried. I know Virginia Tech's not great, but a win's a win and like they're not compete they're not playing for any committee right now. They're just trying to to get wins on the board and just to improve. What about your team though? Yeah, they're trying to go bowling. Uh my team, Notre Dame fourteen, Stanford sixteen. Um that's Stanford's first game, like FBS win in like a year? Yes. Yeah, it's their first time in ten games that they have beaten an FBS opponent. Um I wanted to puke. This game, offensively, Notre Dame's defense might be top 20 in the country. We have the most abysmal offense I have ever seen. And it is a combination of the fact that we are putting together like D2 caliber weapons offensively at Notre Dame, which I don't understand how we're doing. Outside of our tight end room, which is good, our wide receivers are abysmal and I know we've lost two now to season-ending injury, but it is just awful, awful, awful to watch. Um, I I think at someone this year is going to get the axe with how Notre Dame has performed because we have we're three and three, and we have yet to play Clemson and USC. Yeah, I and they still play Syracuse, right? And Syracuse. So I would be shocked if we – I'm honestly, I'm going to be shocked if we make a bowl game. I really will. Um, if so, it'll be like the Camping World Bowl. Cool. No, the Camping World Bowl is much above them. Oh, this shit. They may be playing in the Bahamas Bowl. Hey, I'll go to watch. Um, it, I, yeah, it, it's it's been tough. Um, I think Tommy Reese will be the one who gets on the chopping block. I don't think Al Golden's going to be the one who gets it because that defense has looked pretty decent all year. Yeah. Um, I'm concerned, and I know that Marcus Freeman has brought, you know, a or has a hell of a recruiting class coming in. But that being said, this 
isn't a Notre Dame roster that is devoid of talent. Like there's still a lot of talent on this team. When you look at teams uh, over the last five years, Notre Dame has had three, I think top 20 recruiting classes. Like I don't, this isn't a team completely devoid of talent. I don't know what to make of this game. I think uh, who's Stanford's head coach? Uh, David Shaw. I think David Shaw saved his job with this win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is now two um, non or yeah. Well, I guess everything's non conference, but two unranked home losses this year, which is very very rare to see. Is no both games were uh, two touchdown favorites at least against Marshall and Stanford. Just awful. It's been awful. So, so if we go underneath the hood a little bit with Marcus Freeman. So we were seven games into the Marcus Freeman era. So yep. far, they blew a 21-point lead in the Fiesta Bowl to Oklahoma State. I thought last year's, I don't think last year's team and this year's team is like too much of a difference. And they won 11-1 and last year and 11-2 and after the bowl game. And then this year, they, they played Ohio State pretty tough, which is, yep. you know, I guess a, a win. But you lose it home to Marshall. Lose it home to Stanford. You just barely escape Cal. You played a pretty good game against Carolina. How long is going to be the leash going to be for Marcus Freeman? Uh, Notre Dame is not going to not going to change after one year. No, no, unless it's one year. But is is next year like the make or break? Because Notre Dame, you're that's a championship pedigree program. Absolutely. Next year, we are expecting to win football games. I don't, and I don't. The thing is, too, you are sitting here. You are Notre Dame. You are the University of Notre Dame. I don't, and I understand that people love to hate the Irish. You are one of the winningest college football programs in the history of the sport. You have as many national championships as some of the big dogs. And I understand that a lot of them are from, you know, before cars had automatic gear shifts. But it it is, it, it is a program that expects to win and win often and win a lot. And the, the leash is short. I don't know how you can have a program like that and then not bring in some sort of transfer quarterback. The amount of incredible transfer quarterback talent that there was this year in the portal, and we we, we, let, we stuck with Drew Pine and uh, who the hell was a quarterback before? Um, Tyler Buckner. Tyler Buckner. That's who we stuck with. That's who we stuck with over Jaden Daniels. And, it, like, you look at some of the quarterbacks right now in college football who were transfers. Will Levis was a transfer. Hendon Hooker was a transfer. Jaden Daniels was a transfer. I think Jalen Daniels at Kansas was a transfer. J- J- JT Daniels. We're, we're sick with Daniels. JT, JT Daniels. Daniels at uh, West Virginia. Every, every yours, quarterback with the last countless. name of Daniels was a transfer. Yours was a transfer. What do we do? What do we need to do to get a decent quarterback at Notre Dame? Couldn't get Because right now we... We have C.J. Carr, who is a five-star quarterback recruit for the class of 2024. I, if we don't get a decent starting quarterback next year in the transfer portal, I think Marcus Freeman could be gone. I, I really yeah. do. I think that. I, I think that is that might be the make or break on the season. To and, be honest, and with they you. took a risk. They hired an unproven coach, someone who had never been a head coach before. He was the defensive coordinator Cincinnati. He was Notre Dame's defensive coordinator last year. He's never been the head coach. At this high of level, that's a major risk for Notre Dame, who's as high up as a program as it gets in this sport. The higher someone that's unproven is a major risk. And, you know, I think they have to, to buy out early if they realize it's a complete disaster. So we'll see what next year looks like. They got to play Ohio State next year early in the year at home, as long yep. well as a couple other tough games. And so next year is huge for Marcus Freeman and turning this around. I can't believe we're already talking about next year with Notre Dame. They're, they're playing for a trip to the Boca Raton Bowl this year oh yeah yeah the fact that we're already talking about next year tells me everything about the, how this season has gone for the Irish um the good news is, is we don't have a 95 million dollar buyout like uh Jimbo or Tuck yeah in, no, so. no one's calling to the fault Paul Feinbaum show about that one yeah thank god um all right so that is recapping uh the, the major games we got to quickly talk about the college football landscape and then we'll 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 look ahead at some of the premier week eight games because we have um a couple nice ranked matchups going on next week too um alabama is still very much alive in the college football playoff i do not want to get this twisted yeah. they lost they lost to tennessee in heartbreaking fashion the if alabama wins the the SEC championship, they will still make the college football playoff. I don't care who they beat. I don't care if it's Tennessee. Yeah. I don't care if it's Georgia. If they win that game, they go to the playoff. Agreed. I don't think there's any 
debating that. Alabama controls their own destiny. They're still in the firm control of their division unless they lose to both LSU or either LSU or Ole Miss, and one of those teams only has one conference loss. But those Bama should be feeling pretty good about where they're going. It's a very tough schedule ahead, obviously, with still playing yep. LSU and Ole Miss, and then anything can happen in the Auburn game. So it's got to take yep. care of business, and I it'd be a fool to, to count Nick Saban and Bryce Young out. Okay, a realistic scenario that I could see happening. Georgia beats Tennessee, okay. and then Alabama beats Georgia. All three teams have one loss. Alabama is your SEC champion. Who gets in? So, well, it depends what's going on in the other conferences, but I'd immediately eliminate anyone from the Big 12 or the Pac-12. And then if Ohio State's undefeated, you got to put them in. If Clemson's undefeated, you got to put them in. I think at that point you're going Bama, Georgia, and then Tennessee is going to be the odd man out because they couldn't even get to the conference championship, which like, yep. at, not, at no one's fault. But, look, that's doomsday scenario. And I can one-up you. What if, say, Ole Miss, um, you know, beats out – or if – is there where they all, can all have one loss? There's, there's probably – Yeah, Ole Miss, yeah, Ole Miss wins out with their only loss being to Alabama. Yeah. And then what? I chaos. I chaos. love college football. Holy shit! Yeah, it's um, but I, I think this does set us up for two massive games in the future, even regular season. Still, um, we talked briefly about uh, Michigan and OSU, and then now the Tennessee Georgia game is going to be incredible. It's I cannot wait for right that now. game. Cannot wait for that game. It, it's it's going to be awesome. Um, we talked about Clemson being a lock for the college football playoff. Um, Big Twelve. I, I want to, who's winning it? I know we talked briefly about it, but who, if you have to pick a winner right now. You know what? I'll be the only person who says it. I'll go Kansas State. I'm probably the only person to say that. I'll, I'll stick with them. All I'm right. Hey, th- this is going to be, uh, this is airing on the, the 18th of October. We're going to come back to this one. We're going to come back to this one when I'll Kansas t- I'll State. Take I've big... taken a lot of flyers this year. I'll go, I'll take one more. Hey, so, sometimes those are the best bets. Um, not, if, not if you sell, not if you pick NC State to win the ACC and go to the College World Playoff. That was that was a bit of a miss on my end. Yeah, I picked them to win the conference. I didn't pick them to to make the playoff. Devin Leary getting hurt though. Like no, the rest of the dead, yeah. they they win this weekend's game if, if against Syracuse if Devin Leary wasn't hurt. But whatever, it is what it is. Um, Pac-12, who's winning? Oregon's got the easiest schedule. Like Oregon's hosting UCLA and they host Utah late in the year. So I think like they're the most secure team that's going to go to the Pac-12 championship. And they're still undefeated in the conference. I would say that Oregon's got the easiest path there. But if we get USC versus Utah in a rematch, I have to pick USC. Uh, I think UCLA, even though they're undefeated in the conference, is going to have an uphill battle. I don't know if they're going to be USC. I'll, I'll go Oregon. I think the rest of the teams are going to beat up on each other. And I think Oregon... Um, I know that Oregon will get there. The other three are all tooth and nail to get in. So Oregon. For I, I will say that Oregon has played some damn good football. Bo Nix has looked good. Bo Nix has looked damn good. Um, and let's let's go right into that game. We get a great Pac-12 matchup. College game day is going to Eugene, Oregon, number nine UCLA, heading into number 10 Oregon. Oregon is a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home. I think that will probably be the game of the weekend if it's not Texas Oklahoma State. Six and a half is a lot of points. I, I think I'll take Chip Kelly and the Bruins to cover. I don't know if they'll win, but you want to talk about an ultimate revenge game? I love this for Chip there. Kelly. Yep. No, so do I. First game it's back Chip in Kelly, Eugene. Chip Kelly's first game back in Eugene since he left for the Eagles job in 2013. It's this is going to be a really fun game this weekend. Bo Nix, there's road Bo Nix and there's home Bo Nix. So you get home Bo Nix this weekend. Uh, Dan Lanning's done a fantastic job uh, over there um, for uh, Oregon. Their defense is looking better. They are a completely different team since the Georgia game in Atlanta in week one. Uh, I've really liked UCLA. I was really high on them going into the season. Uh, they were very disrespected despite, you know, they've won, I think, 10 in a row going back to last season, something like that. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson's a good quarterback. Give me the Ducks in a close game, though. I think they'll prevail at home. That's a tough place to play. And Oregon will, if they win that game, they're a very clear path to the Pac-12 championship game. I agree. Should be an electric football game. Um, let's touch on an uh, on an ACC matchup. Another rank. So we got what? It looks like we have five ranked games this Saturday, which should be incredible. Yeah. Um, we get 14 Syracuse at Clemson. Clemson is a 12 and a half point favorite. I will take Clemson. 
and the points. I think this is a bloodbath. Yeah, the one thing that Syracuse can do is run the ball with Sean Tucker, and Clemson's got maybe the best run defense in the country. Uh, elite front four with Xavier Thomas and Brian Brees and company. Uh, yeah, give me Clemson. DJ's going to have another big game. Syracuse finally gets exposed. Oh, Clemson by three touchdowns. Probably went at like, I don't know, 41-15, 41-16. I think Clemson at home, they're going to dominate. I don't even think this is like a big game for Clemson standards, even though they're playing an undefeated ACC team at home. I, I agree. This is, uh, for those of you who watch this on a Tuesday, this is going to be a game that I'm going to get my bets in early on. I think this line moves, um, and I think it will probably move pretty quickly. I want to get it inside of that 14 points. Um, it's currently sitting at 12 and a half um, when I checked at lunch today. So, yeah. Um, Texas at Oklahoma State. Number 20, Texas is favored on the road against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is a four and a half point dog. Do we think the Cowboys can come back from a tough loss against TCU? I actually think they can. I think they're going to score with Texas. I still don't think Texas' defense is like there yet. I, I think Oklahoma State's going to keep this one close. And can or, uh, Texas is a big favorite in this game, a six and a half point road favorite. Still oh, it's really six tough... and a half now? Yeah, last time I checked, it was up there. Where do you have it at? Damn, I had it at four and a half, but I checked yesterday. No, it's up to like, it's up to like six and a half on where I saw it earlier. Ooh, I. No, I was going to say Texas, but I, I don't like this, it. This is a game. I think Mike Gundy will outcoach Steve Sarkeesian. Give me uh, this will be technically be an upset, but I'm going to go with the Cowboys. They're going to run the ball well, and they've got a very good offense, and I think they can get a couple stops. And I think Texas comes back down to earth a little bit more. Uh, give me Oklahoma State. Yeah, that I'm looking on FanDuel right now. Texas is a six and a half point favorite. That's crazy. It's a, it's a good T spot for Oklahoma State to get that twelve and a half. Ooh, yeah. I, I do like that. The only thing that worries me about Oklahoma State is their pass defense has been dog shit. It was dog shit against oh, yeah. TCU. Um, and Quinn Ewers, I, he throws just a sexy-ass ball. Uh, hit the When the football comes out of his hands, it is just art on a canvas. God damn, does he throw a good football. Um, Ole Miss at LSU. You said LSU's your team. They are currently one-and-a-half-point underdogs. Against nope, Ole Miss. They're favored they're now. They're now. Just swung. They flipped. They're now one and a half point favorite as of two hours ago. All right. This is bullshit. I need to start betting these literally the <laughs> day after. I need to, because I was going to be on LSU as a dog, and now I'm going to have to take them plus or against the points. Um, yeah, they're currently minus one and a half. You're, we're, we're riding with the Tigers. Yep. Jane Davis, another big game. I've been very pro Ole Miss this year. I'm obviously one of the bigger Lane Kiffin fans you'll meet. This is a game that their little stints is going to backfire. Their hyper-aggressiveness against a well-coached Brian Kelly. And Jaden Daniels is now playing some of his best football. They've opened up that passing game with Jare Jenkins and Kayshawn Boutte and company. Give me LSU. They're not as isn't necessarily an upset because LSU is unranked, but... Ole Miss is ranked, so in my world, whenever I think an own ranked team beats a ranked team, I think that should be considered an upset, but regardless, I give me LSU at home. I'm riding the Tigers all year. We're going to get to nine wins. We're not quite going to get to ten, but this will be another one on their book. Uh, give me the Tigers, and you know, this is going to be – this. I think this might be the game of the day on Saturday. Woohoo! I love that. I love that take. Um, another great game that I think actually won't be a great game. You get 24 Mississippi State at number six, Alabama. Uh, Babin, Sabin, <laughs> Babin, Sabin on an absolute warpath after a loss. Um, Alabama was a 21 and a half point favorite when I looked at the line last. I'm not sure if that has moved. I think it's still since. around there. Uh, it's 20 and a half now, so it's actually okay, so dropped. Which, if you can get 20 and a half... I, I think they cover. It's a key number. Uh, yeah, I, Mississippi State has a good defense. They they didn't play great against Kentucky last Saturday on the road. That was a game they lost by 10 points. I'll go with Bama, obviously. Bama in a balance back spot. I don't even know if Bama's ever lost two games in a row in the last you know, decade plus, not including, I guess, all they lost Auburn, then they lost Oklahoma in the bowl game in 2013. But it's very rare you see Bama lose consecutive games. Uh, I'll go Mississippi State. 21 sounds about right. Uh, Mississippi State's got a good defense, but it's just going to be way too much. The thing Bama's missing is, like, good receivers. Like, Ja'Cory Brooks and like, Trayshawn Holden and those guys, they're all right. And Jermaine Burton was hyped up a little bit. 
But that's what they're lacking. They don't like have that big playability because the receivers aren't like dynamic enough. And that's what's gonna probably hold the team back from winning a national championship. That's hey, that's a fair assessment. Fair assessment. I'm going to read you a stat that you're not gonna fucking believe. Okay, you okay. ready for this? Let's hear it. Out of all FBS teams, the worst ATS record after a loss is the since Nick Saban was hired in 2007 is Alabama. They are seven and twelve against the spread after a loss with a cover percentage of 36.8 percent. The worst in the FBS. 34% you said 36 spreads 36 off a, off a loss off well, a loss since Nick Saban was hired size, in 2007 is a big enough of a sample size but maybe that it's an inflated number then that's interesting yeah might have to, I, have to stiff that one in my back pocket for Saturday when we're chasing our losses <laughs> when we're chasing our losses State plus I the love point. that I love that oh man um all right, what else we got on the slate? Um, two more, Minnesota at Penn State. Uh, Penn right State's out. a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I like. I kind of like Minnesota here, to be honest. Uh, I think Penn State's going to crush them. I don't know if Tanner Morgan's healthy or he's really poor when he was injured or when he was healthy last week. And I don't know. They, Minnesota just doesn't have the athletes to keep up. I think Penn State's going to run the ball really well. I think of a nice bounce back game. The whiteouts, obviously, a fun environment. Oh yeah, you know, prime time game. I I'll, I'll take about that. Penn State minus the points with that one, and I feel pretty good about it. I didn't think about the whiteout. I do think Mo Ibrahim is going to have a great day. Um, yeah, he might uh, against Minnesota. Um, last rank matchup, we talked about it briefly. Kansas State coming in to TCU. TCU is a three and a half point favorite at home. You're taking you're taking the Wildcats. I you know I gotta I gotta roll the dice with them. Deuce Vaughn, Adrian Martinez, my guys, and Chris Kleiman, Big Twelve Coach of the Year. Though. Let's let's keep it moving. Let's TCU. They're off this crazy high that's come back against Oklahoma State. They beat Kansas the week before. I think they are due for a letdown game. Kansas State. What's the spread on this? Five three and a half. Six, three and a half. Great. Give me Kansas State plus the points. They'll win the game outright. Maybe by a field goal. Maybe more. Run the ball. Control the clock. Defensive play well, like they did against Iowa State and against Oklahoma. Give me Kansas State, and that's another game I'm really excited for on Saturday night. Love that, Harrison. I appreciate you coming on. What other what other stuff are you working on? I'm gonna plug. So, it, Harrison, big ass brain. He a ton of his plays are on his Twitter. So yeah, that'll be linked free. in the description or shown in the description before this. All free. You don't have to pay for any of them. Um, and he has been crushing college football all year. Um, I think it's at what it's at Harrison Vatnick, right? Yeah, just my name. At Harrison nice Vapnik. and simple. Perfect. Uh, yeah, so, I'm always and it'll be on the screen stuff. and everything. NFL stuff. I'm hopping. I hop on podcasts here and there. I have my own show, Start Your Sunday, that you can find on Spotify. Uh, I do every every Sunday morning with the radio station CSU. Always covering local high school sports, Mizzou sports. You can always find that on my Twitter. And then if you tweet at me, I'll probably respond with either an angry response or an ag- agreement response. But I'll usually respond. So let's let's keep the engagements up. And, and I'm always happy to talk about college football with anybody. Oh, absolutely. Uh, college Especially football. You, Cody. Hey, and thanks for coming on, man. I, I, I really appreciate it. It's always good to have you on. I know we've worked together in the past, but yeah, no, it is a, uh, it, it's great to have you on here, have a hell of a show. And let's have another hell of a college football Saturday this weekend. We will see you in the next one.